0: dingy institutional blue, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280 The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg, my blog, shotinthedark.info, and along with my colleagues, Jack, uh, Jack Tomzak, heard every Saturday from three to five here on AM 1280 The Patriot, known colloquially and officially as the new guy, and Brad Carlson, of course, the uh, closing edition, closer. Thank you very much. Edition of the Northern Alliance, heard every Sunday. From 1 to 3 here on AM 12A, The Patriot. And of course, our colleague Kin- King Banyan, charter member of the Northern Alliance, uh, every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, doing for economics what Leonard Bernstein did for conducting major symphonies, dominating the field completely. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know, Shaquille O'Neal, maybe, maybe Michael Jordan. I don't know, any of those. Take your pick. That's what King Banyan is to the world of economics radio. What are you going to listen to freakonomics? <laughs> Good Lord, don't. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining the Northern Alliance Ready Network in its 20th year of dominating Twin Cities media of all kinds and making it look e- easy, notwithstanding the fact that they keep us to eight hours a week between the four of us, just to make it fair. It's the ultimate handicap here, folks, in the golf sense of the term. <sighs> so all that said, I have to admit to just a little bit of egg on my face yeah i I have been saying for weeks now that I needed to sit down and write a new Berg's law to cover a a phenomenon that i'd noticed among Democrat politicians. And, and by the way, for those of you who are not familiar with Berg's Law, these are found on my blog, shotinthedark.info, which for the past 21 and a half years I have been using as my vehicle from Monday through Friday to document everything I see about life, the universe, and everything, especially politics in Minnesota, at shotinthedark.info. If you look on the top menu, there is an item called Berg's Law. These are, these are laws of human largely political behavior that I have noticed, uh, they started out as satirical, perhaps lighthearted and whimsical observations about human behavior, especially political behavior. Not all of them. Some of them relate to sports. Some of them relate to uh, disasters and emergencies. But of the 24 laws, probably 20 or 21 of them relate to politics, mostly the politics of Democrats. Some of them have been fairly famous, the Berg's 7th, Berg's 8th, Berg's 11th, Berg's 19th laws, all relatively famous nationwide, uh, nationally speaking, for someone in my general weight class as, as a talk show host, and uh, some of them less so. But I, in looking through Berg's laws over the past week, I noticed that I had, <laughs> I had one of those, I guess I don't know my own strength moments, because I wrote that Berg's Law, probably close to a year ago. Uh, Let me explain. It's Berg's 24th Law of Rhetorical Predictability. And it reads as follows. Progressive politicians can, and routinely do, say anything they want, regardless of honesty or even factuality, confident that the audience, while formally educated, is badly informed, incurious, and has uh, incurious, I should say, and has little capacity for critical thought, and and it's it sounds a little snide and dismissive, and in the hands of a normal host, it, it might be, but I'm not that person. No, this is this is a, called a Berg's law for a reason because it does in fact reflect the 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 behavior, and and indeed I believe. The belief system of Minnesota Democrats, uh, the the leadership especially, but really the leadership's attitude about their followers, really their voters, people who they are inclined, who people who are inclined to vote Democrat in the state of Minnesota. Let me give you an example before I work up to the main event this past week. So, this past week, quote Lieutenant end quote, Governor Peggy Flanagan. I put the scare quotes in because. Let's be honest. She's the co-governor of the state to all intents and purposes. Uh, she is, uh, she's the co-star of the Waltz administration. In fact, she is, she is to the Waltz administration what the Zampulit was to the commander of a Soviet army unit during World War II. If you know, you know. Anyway, she, she said in a tweet this past week, one of many similar tweets. In fact, she's, She or the social media intern who runs her account, I believe, may have run this same tweet several times in the past few weeks because they have no original thoughts. They just keep recycling the same ideas through their their Twitter feeds. And here's one, and I quote, this is, quote, Lieutenant, end quote, Governor Peggy Flanagan. And I quote, quote, while other states are banning books and demonizing LGBT, I'm sorry, that's a I was going to say that's a terrible impression. It's not. It's actually a fairly accurate impression. I, I, I every time I hear Peggy Flanagan talk, I, I'm, I, I just hear that voice at that event before the election, going "Bob from Fridley." I, I'm sorry. It's it's inescapable. Anyway, I'll I'll do it now again without the dead on impersonation this is quote lieutenant and quote Governor Peggy Flanagan and I quote while other states are banning books and demonizing LGBTQ plus youth Minnesota is writing a different story here in Minnesota we're making sure every student is fed and teachers have the resources they need to succeed and and if you're a DFL voter or someone who's prone to making decisions about your vote, and about your representation based on blandishments like this, that probably sounds perfectly hunky-dory. And if it does, then it proves that Berg's 24th law is, in fact, a law and not just a sterical observation. Now, I'm going to indulge here in a skill that I have developed over 21 years of observing, categorizing, Frequently satirizing, but but getting to know what DFLers are saying when they, they make their vague blandishments, like that tweet. Again, I'll read it one more time. While other states are banning books and demonizing LGBTQ plus youth, Minnesota is writing a different story. Here in Minnesota, we're making sure every student is fed and teachers have the resources they need to succeed. Now, I'm going to use this carefully developed skill I have developed over the years and translate that into factual honesty. Okay, here go. To wit. And I quote, while other states are getting agenda porn out of middle schools, Minnesota is writing a different story. And by writing... I, Lieutenant Governor Flanagan, don't mean actual kids doing actual writing because they can't write for Diddly now, and it's not going to get any better. It's not. But oh, and by story, the writing a story, we mean writing checks that shovel more money into the greedy, gaping jaws of an unaccountable Department of Education bureaucracy that's already made countless corrupt DFL non already phenomenally wealthy. Now, it doesn't roll off the tongue as fast as, quote, Lieutenant, end quote, Governor Flanagan's tweet. But it's honest and factual. By the way, if I want to carry on with that thought, the kids will be just as hungry in a couple of years here. And the teachers will still be scrambling to pay for supplies because this is all going to get soaked up by the administrative state. You know this, and I know this. But the typical Democratic voter tends, and I say this with all due love and caring as a human being uh, and, and, and trying to look out for my fellow human being as my Lord commands me, and, and, and so I, I, it's with a heavy heart, with no mockery intended that I say they don't think critically. It's not part of their arsenal of, of ideas. And they will take that at face value. Well, anyway. So that's, that's my interpretation and not even interpretation, my translation of the lieutenant governor. And I bring that up because it brings us to perhaps the ultimate list, litmus test of Berg's 24th law that I have ever seen in all my time watching Minnesota politics. Now, this past week, all of the Twin Cities media, every last one of them channel four, channel Five, channel nine, channel 11, channel uh, the Star Tribune, Minnesota Public Radio they all plugged the story that the waltz checks, I think they finally stopped calling them that, but the so-called rebate checks are going out to, to people right now. And by the way, you don't have to sign up for them. If you filed your taxes in 2022, you automatically get the rebate, provided that you make less than $75,000 a year or 150 grand for a couple. The rebate comes to $260 per person and for each child under the age of 18 in the household. So, the maximum refund that you're going to get for a family of 5 is 1300 bucks. And don't get me wrong, it's nice to have it. Uh, it's nothing near what we were overtaxed in the surplus. Remember the so-called 13 billion dollar surplus which is a little over $2,000 for every man, woman, and child in the state of Minnesota. Remember that number. It's going to become important in just a moment here. Now, we'll come back to that number because it's rather important. The media treated this like a huge event this past week. And I suppose if you're one of those Minnesotans, earning less than $75,000 per member of a couple or a household with the kids uh adding up above and beyond that it's it's i believe me i i wouldn't mind getting 260 bucks of the taxes i overpaid over the last year back i wouldn't i'm not going to cuz <laughs> wonder of wonders i make over $75,000 a year and i'm not complaining i'm not complaining Uh, But the reporting has not been honest. And I think the reason for that is wrapped up entirely in Berg's 24th law. Let's take a quick break and come back in a moment here. This is the Northern Alliance. I want to talk about the actual Berg's 24th law violation. Uh, Let's come back in a moment here. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280 The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A, The Patriot. Hey, I keep telling you people that if you don't get signed up for some of these Patriot events, especially the ones with the limited seating, hint, limited seating, that we will drive you crazy telling you about it. And I'm not kidding. We, we're going to do exactly that. That's, and that's happening right now here, folks. Uh, the Dennis Prager cigar event coming up at Minn Dakota Country Club is coming up on Wednesday. And if you're one of the lucky hundred of our closest friends who nabbed these precious ducats, then I will see you, uh, there on Wednesday night at Minn Dakota. And uh, by the way, Brad Carlson and I will be, uh, involved. We'll be sort of helping moderate the event. And when I say moderate, I mean, Come on. You get Dennis Prager in front of a microphone. Trying to moderate Dennis Prager is it a little bit like trying to, I don't know, put a saddle on a on a tornado. It, it's, it's wishful thinking, generally speaking, but still, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, Wednesday, cigars, goodies, a, a great uh, – oh, I think dinner's involved as well. And boy, when you talk dinner, I'm, I'm totally there. At any rate, it's coming up this coming uh, Saturday uh, – sorry, Wednesday – and if you got tickets, I'll see you there. And if you didn't, well, just just be more diligent getting in on the next event here because there will be another, God willing, and with a tailwind, we'll have more. But this one, I'll see you Wednesday at Minn Dakota along with Dennis Prager and, uh, of course, Brad Carlson, the closer, uh holding forth doing his thing as well, along with me. It, it's, normally, I, I would talk about an event like this and think, yeah, hosted by Ed Morrissey. But he's not around anymore. And so they had to dig down to the AAA Farm Club and, and get Brad and I. And I could not be happier. I've been looking forward to doing one of these almost literally forever. So this is going to be fun. And anyway, I talked about – I'm talking about Berg's 24th law. I spoke about it in the first segment. Believe me, I'm going to get an hour out of this at this rate. Because as we mentioned in the first segment, this past week, the Twin Cities major media, the, the, the 4, the 5, the 9, the 11, NPR, the STRIB – and that St. Paul paper that's still technically major. Uh, they 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 were running the headlines. Yeah, the 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 governor keeps his promise. That was one of them. That was one of the most gallingly dishonest ones. the The governor keeps his promise, and he's sending two hundred and sixty dollars back to, uh, by the way, a very carefully selected group of people, largely, by the way, not the people who paid for the surplus and the rebates are going to come to $260 a piece and uh, up to three kids. So $1,300 for a family of five. If it's a family of six, you're out of luck. If you make over $75,000 a year as a single person, you're out of luck. If you make over one hundred fifty dollars as a couple, you're both and your kids out of luck. You got nothing. You're going to be paying in. And by the way, you're going to be paying a lot more next year, and good luck on that rebate since the governor squandered, and the DFL, of course, can't forget them, squandered the surplus, Uh, but they are doing it in the most dishonest and disingenuous way possible. Uh, Looking back in the past year to November of 2022, mere days before the election, Tim Waltz tweeted as follows and i quote millionaires like scott and matt that's scott jensen and matt burke don't understand that working mid need two thousand dollar checks in their pockets they killed that deal for their self-interest well okay stop right there they killed the deal they're not in the legislature scott jensen left the legislature in 2020 and Matt Burke has never been elected to, to any legislative office. It's still disingenuous. We'll we'll come back to that in a moment here. But but says Governor uh Clink, continu I'm sorry, Waltz, continuing, but when Peggy Flanagan and I are reelected, we'll push to get this done. Push to get this done. So this was just after noon on November fourth, mere days really mere hours before the 2023, uh, 2022 election. $2,000 checks. In other words, every Minnesotan's roughly share of the surplus, which the governor was making yappy noises about giving back to Minnesotans. All of it. $2,000 apiece spread among 6 million Minnesotans. That means that family of five of yours is bringing home $10,000, not $1,300, $10,000. So the governor promised people four or five figures worth of rebates from the taxes that they had overpaid, or at least some of us overpaid, in exchange for putting them in office. Lying about it, by the way, because... Not only did Jensen and Burke have nothing to do with uh, quote killing the deal, but in fact, the deal was nothing that the, the governor said. You get thirteen hundred bucks back if you're lucky. And, and by the way, if you're a, a single person making under seventy five thousand dollars, you get two hundred and sixty back instead of two thousand. Either way, the math is such that the debate uh, the, the rebate is. lower than what the governor promised. Now, that's a campaign promise that was a complete lie. And he had to have known at the time because he knows that the DFL, he being the de facto, well, Peggy Flanagan being the de facto leader of the party at this point, and and he basically being on a uh, leash connected to Ken Martin, uh knows that this what what the spending plans were in fact they were bragging about it so this is a lie and we've been point we Republicans conservatives legislators the Minnesota GOP have been pointing this out four square for the last couple of days here now the DFL the the noise machine the the social media droogs who defend the indefensible came out in force and said actually governor waltz is not a god he didn't have the power to do that which is interesting, because for the last three months, since the end of the session, the DFL has been, well, first of all, they spent the whole month of November and December high-fiving each other, or ever having gotten the trifecta. Meaning, they had the power, uh, legislatively speaking, to do anything they wanted. They controlled the House and the Senate, barely, but they controlled it. And they had the governor. Governor Flanagan could yank the leash and force Governor Waltz to sign absolutely anything that the that the legislature passed and in May and June every last one of them the governor, the lieutenant governor Ken Martin, all of his droogs were high-fiving each other in the media taking the selfies and saying, yeah we ran the table, we delivered absolutely everything we promised in terms of programs, in terms of One Minnesota so they had no legislative problem passing everything else on their agenda, as they put it themselves. So if they had wanted to pass a $2,000 rebate, they could have done it. They they wanted to pass unrestricted abortion paid for by the taxpayers, and they paid it. Voila. They wanted... To pass a trans refuge bill, making uh Minnesota a refuge a sanctuary state that overrode other states' laws until courts over overrule that at some point here uh to to make Minnesota a place where people wishing to trans their children can come and get them chemically castrated they they passed literally every program they bragged about wanting to pass before the election so when you say Governor Waltz isn't a king, well, no, in, in a democracy, a representative republic, having the trifecta is about as close as you can get to being a, a divinely ordained monarch. You can get everything you want passed. With I mean, presuming you, you whip your minions into line, which the DFL most certainly did. I mean, the, the four so-called moderates in the House had all the gut uh, guts of Pet Rocks, and Ken Martin's people basically said, we know where your kids go to school. Essentially. I mean, not literally in as many words, but come on. <laughs> come on. The so-called moderates who said, yeah, we're going to be a little bit. And they were about as independent as Prince's bodyguards. Give me a break. At any rate. Oh, by the way, some of the other social media droogs echoed Governor uh, Klink's line saying that that, that Scott Jensen and Matt Burke, who are not in the legislature, killed the deal for their self-interest. Well, no, the, the GOP, when they had any power in the legislature, which they do not in this current incarnation of the state legislature, they tried to rebate the entire surplus and give it back to the people who paid it. That's you and I, for the most part. The DFL shut that down with prejudice, as they have done with every surplus. The Republicans say what you will about the Republican Party in Minnesota. And, and if you're a conservative and you say that they have disappointed you many times over and over, I get it. And we talked a bit with Senator, uh, sorry, party chairman Han about that last week. This is something the party has to work on. And, and by the way, something you and I have to demand of the party when we go to caucuses. And by the way, you had best go to caucuses this February because that's where the control of the party gets arbitrated. But when the DFL says the Republicans killed, uh, tried to kill these givebacks, no. They tried to give back all, I mean, had they had any control of it, the line at least was to give back all $13 billion. By the way, if you said, well, they didn't give all the surpluses back when uh, when, when they were in some power, well, the Republican Party has never had the trifecta in Minnesota. Never, never. We had the House and the Senate in 2011 and 2015, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, and that's it. And if you don't have all three uh, layers, the House, the Senate, and, and, the, and the governor's office, you're not going to get everything you want. You're going to have compromises, for better or worse. So let's talk more about this and about Berg's 24th law in action when we come back. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280. The project Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, he Twin says, Cities and World AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, twenty years strong, dominating all Twin Cities media. Hey, you can go to the stand. You, you you go on the stand with Israel tour. It's open to everyone. You just got to go to am 12 thepatriotcom and sign up. I mean, there may be a little bit of money changing hands. That's fine. I mean, nothing comes for free in this world, and it's totally totally worth it. Do I just sound like a valley girl? I I, I don't care. It's okay. It's going to be a great trip. Uh, Stand with Israel, with Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager. I, mean, I want to go to Israel with those two guys. You should as well. I, I would if it weren't for the fact that I'm signed up for another very different trip coming up soon. Much more on that in the near future. I, I'm not tipping my hand here on any of this. Anyway, we're talking about Berg's 24th law, which... Just to go back to the top of the show, reads, progressive politicians can and routinely do say anything they want, regardless of honesty or even factuality, confident that their audience, while formally educated, replete with credentials, I think it's fair to say, is badly informed, incurious, and has little capability for critical thought. And in a sense, they can essentially get away with slopping the trough with any information they want because they know their audience just isn't that critical. They want it to be true, even if it's not. For example, when Governor Clink says, uh, well, when the media lines up and says, yep, $260 a person is what the governor promised. No, that's 13% of what the governor promised. And when they say he's not a king, he had to compromise. Compromise with who? They just spent the last 3 months bragging about how they ran the table. They ran the table on everything but giving money back. They increased the state's budget 40%. Vastly more than 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 what they got from the so-called surplus, which by the way wasn't I mean, it was, it was a surplus in the sense that they were getting one time federal stimulus money and they were taxing spending of individual consumers one time or, or short term federal stimulus money. That's it. That's what the so called surplus was. It wasn't because Minnesota's gross state product was humming along so much faster than it was supposed to be. As as the IRS data is showing us, far from it. Uh, we'll be talking about that in coming weeks about Minnesota's economic performance. It's it's not all good, and it, look at the look at the dark side. We're heading, I mean, not that I want to, but the information that's out there says we're heading sooner or later for a recession. It is pretty much inevitable, and it's pretty much inevitably going to. Be pretty, pretty rotten. Much more on that next hour. By the way, I mean we got good news and we got bad news, and the good news isn't all that good. Uh, on something else that, that affects all of our lives intensely. But this, this is about the uh, the uh, your liberal neighbors. I don't even like the term liberal. Liberal liberals are good. Liberalism in the classical sense of the term, is a good thing. Progressive, leftist neighbors want to believe these things are true. They want to believe that you are the bad guys who are keeping the state from all good things. They want to believe they're on the right side of history and that they are inevitable, as their government tells them they are. They want to believe that their leaders are super people. We saw that this past week, by the way. A woman named Jennifer Bendery, no Futurama reference there, I, I hope, uh, writing for the Huffington Post, wrote a piece uh, that, that came out in the HuffPo this past week. It was, a, it was a hagiography of Senator Smith, Senator Tina Smith of Minnesota, entitled, and I quote, The Velvet Hammer. Tina Smith is the Senate's rising progressive star. And she, Jennifer Bendery tweeted, quote, she never even planned to be in Washington. She's fast become one of the progressive advocates' boldest and most strategic leaders. Get to know Sen- uh, Senator Tina Smith, the Senate's rising and most unassuming progressive powerhouse. Unassuming. <laughs> The the woman oozes entitled arrogance from every pore. I'm I'm not going to read too much into her social media feed because it's run by social media interns. But the feed is a river of blazing hubris. And a leader that doesn't want their social media feed... To blaze with hubris like the Chicago, like, like, like Erie burning in the 1970s can have a word with their social media interns and, and, and say, uh, Chad, make me sound a little less like a jerk, like an entitled privileged, uh, Brahmin. No such luck with Senator Smith and her social media feed. At any anyway, rate, the reporting. On this, as every other subject in progressive Minnesota, is is so bad, so indulgent, so playing to the, the DFLers' individual and as a group's cloying sense of entitlement, that when you occasionally find something that, that breaks the pattern, it's actually kind of a shock. A story came out on Channel 4 the the other day that that kind of broke the pattern. I I was a little bit shocked, as was uh, Representative Hudson, uh, who, who tweeted about this story. Quote, honest reporting for once. Democrats are quick to claim they cut taxes, but skip all the details, like the fact that the cuts include rebates to people who didn't pay in. Also, the taxes they raised were regressive. Gas taxes, tabs, sales, sales taxes—things that poor people can't avoid. Uh, Channel Four came out with a story this past week uh, that actually—I almost have a hard time saying this because it almost completely uh, boggles the imagination. They were honest. I, I, I feel a little bit like the world has disconnected and is floating upside down my my brain hanging out in in, in midair it's it's i feel I feel almost like i felt when when donald trump we realized donald trump was going win the elections like someone had dropped lsd in the cucumber water democrats say this is from channel four democrats say their rebate checks tax credits and changes in social security uh income taxes represent the largest tax cut in minnesota history however Taxes are going up for most Minnesotans. What? This is the sort of stuff you normally have to go to Alpha News to see. And and uh, like, and in the future, no doubt you will have to go there for some more. I'm sure risks will be slow. Well, no, I know why, where this is coming from. Uh, let's go back to the story from Channel 4. Uh, however, there are also taxes going up for most Minnesotans because Kim Cunningham lives in Minneapolis. She, like every person in the seven-county metro area, will face a 1% sales tax hike on October 1st. Part of that's for housing and the rest for transportation. Uh, part of that is to subsidize, quote, affordable, end quote, housing. Uh, and the rest is all going to go, most of it, oh, disproportionately to light rail. Quote, as taxes go up, our income should go up, Uh, (laughs) she laughed. But it doesn't always work that way, said Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, Kim, you're right. It does not in a DFL state. In Florida right now, in Tennessee, in the Dakotas, that's what's going on, but not here. Increases that will affect everyone in the state include a new gas tax starting January 1st, which, by the way, affects the poor more than the rich. Or even the middle class, because the poor, if they don't live close to a bus line and they don't work close to a bus line and they're not members of the laptop class, they got to drive to work. And the gas tax doesn't care how much money you make. Uh, by the way, the credit sales uh, state gas tax will increase starting January 1st, linked to inflation, by the way. An increase could be five cents a gallon by twenty twenty seven. That would increase the current state gas tax from twenty eight point five cents to up to thirty three and a half cents a gallon. Another increase, delivery fee of fifty cents on packages valued at more than a hundred dollars starting on July first. They, they, they and these, by the way, again, taxes that affect poor people more because they're they're flat taxes on something that Everyone has to buy, and in the case of gas, poor people have to buy more of. Or, if you work for a delivery service, it will drive down. I uh, say, say whether you work for anything from FedEx to DoorDash, uh, your uh, d- deliveries are going to drop. Your income will drop eventually. The number of jobs available for you to do will drop because the the price. As you increase prices on anything, the number of people who will want to pay for it drops commensurately. Quote, there's been a lot of back and forth on what should be included in the delivery uh, fee tax. Right now, uh, according to legislative aids, it does include 50 cents for over $100 in clothing. Uh, Basically, they get you on everything. They're not sales taxing you on here, folks. These taxes are going to add Uh, The the House Research Office, or at least the GOP side, calculated that the tax hikes are going to add $700 a month, that is to say uh, $8,400 a year, to the average price of a family's life in Minnesota. That's on top of what you're already paying. It's an insane amount of money, folks, for what you're getting. And if you are not one of the carefully selected group of people who were chosen to benefit to buy votes for the DFL, you're not going to be seeing much, if anything, out of that. But if you're a DFL voter, you don't have to. In fact, you're strongly encouraged not to care or even ask too much about it because Berg's 24th law counts on you or if you're a conservative, counts on your progressive, left-leaning neighbors and co-workers to not think about that all that hard and certainly not to ask questions about it. Go nowhere. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network. will be right back. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World Northern Alliance Radio Network. Don't forget Jack Tomzek coming up at 3 o'clock today. Brad Carlson, 1 o'clock tomorrow. A quick reminder for you, for those who are paying attention, it is, in fact, a tough time for many in our current economy right now. So we thought we would provide a way to help pay for some gas and groceries for you, the person who needs it, especially the way the state is spending, you know, all the rest of that money. (laughs) The $18,000 Gas and Groceries Giveaway Sweepstakes includes a grand prize of gas and groceries for a full year. And by the way, 13 other winners will receive prizes between $500 and $1,000, also in gas and groceries. And believe me, every dime is going to count this next couple of years here. Plus, you can enter every day between now and October 5th and complete uh, optional activities to earn more bonus entries to increase your opportunity to win. That's the gas and grocery sweepstakes. Just Go to am 12 com. We'll get you in on that here. You'll get all sorts of opportunities to win and it's, it's money for gas and groceries. Need I say more? Uh, do, do I have the right number there? $10,000, uh, oh, no, $10,000 to the winner. Total of $18,000 going out to all of the winners. That's it. I read it wrong there. Hooey. Okay. So, uh, let's, uh, I, I, by the way, it's better odds than going for the lottery. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, $10,000 in gas, even $500, but 10 between $500 and $10,000 in gas and grow. I, I sound like Tim Waltz making a campaign promise, don't I? No. I'm going to give you specific numbers. Between $500 and $10,000, if, depending on what you win, uh, is worth more in the hand than a billion dollar lottery ticket that someone in Florida gets that you will never see a dime of. So get involved. Go to am 12 com. Enter the contest. That's really what it's all about here, folks. That's all you have to do. Anyway, uh, so by the way, if you have questions or comments for the show, operators are standing by at the hashtags uh, Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show at uh, Twitter, Gab, MeWe, or Getter, but not parlor because it's Pining for the fjords and not, uh, not Mastodon because that's a leftist cesspool. We don't need, nobody's got time for that. At any rate, speaking of leftist cesspools, speaking of delusional uh, activity, uh, let's talk about criminal justice in Minneapolis. One of the things that, that I've been waiting on for years, literally, literally 30 years now, is for a DFL prosecutor to use. The powerful and effective sentence enhancement that Minnesota state law offers prosecutors to to add on to sentences for people who use guns to commit crimes, and we 're talking people who are career criminals, habitual career criminals who use guns to shake people down to threaten them, to abuse people, to rob people, to murder people. This is a sentence enhancement that has existed in Minnesota law for at least 30 years. And Mary Moriarty, well, we'll come back to her. John Choi in Ramsey County has never used it, even with some cases that where it was richly called for. I'm talking about the Leventy Broadbent shooting in 2015. That's hard to believe that, that was eight years ago, where the accomplices whose depraved actions led to the death of a 16-year-old boy out playing armed robber out on East River Road. Uh, I mean, These were people who were tailor-made for this upcharge, and yet the Ramsey County Attorney's Office under John Choi said, no, it's not, it is, it is. And by the way, the Ramsey County Attorney before Choi, Susan Gertner, she also never used it. And the prosecutor before her, going back to at least 1990, nope, Tom Foley never used it either. In Hennepin County, Mike Freeman, all the years he was in office, never used it. Before him, Amy Klobuchar. What do you think? If it doesn't involve hitting people with a binder, she doesn't care. I don't know that she never used it, but I'm fairly sure she didn't. I would I would wager a shiny new quarter she didn't. And and, and Mary Moriarty, what do you suppose with her? Well, shock and awe. Minneapolis shootout suspect sends to 15 years. North Minneapolis man Marquise McCaskill has been sentenced to 15 and a half years, followed by three years of supervised release for illegal possession of a firearm after engaging in a shootout in North Minneapolis. By the way, this was charged in December of 2021, a year and a half ago. But uh, the police say they found Dominique Marquise McCaskill with a gunshot wound to the neck and shoulder on the 3600 block of Aldrich Avenue North after responding to a report of a shooting. According to the charging document and the dispatch audio at the time, Uh, Police subsequently located surveillance video that showed McCaskill walking at the location as a suspect vehicle rounded the corner. McCaskill was seen on video running toward the suspect vehicle, and an exchange of gunfire ensued, as they say. Cases were found all over the place by the police, and a witness uh, came forward and showed police where the gun was. That had been in McCaskill's possession at the time of the gunfire exchange and shooting. Police also found that McCaskill had several suspected fentanyl pills and cash on his person. So let's wrap it up here, folks. Uh, person with a long criminal history. By the way, he was twenty-four, uh, twenty-four, maybe twenty-five on the day of the crime. He's just he's now twenty six, long criminal record, completely illegal. That can't he's not even allowed to be in the same room as a gun, much less to own one. He's 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 a prohibited person in the most classic sense of the term. He has a violent crime record. And finally, he was arrested and charged, and Mary Moriarty used the sentence enhancement for, 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 I'm sorry, I can't keep a straight face. Of course she didn't do it. She she did what the, the city of Minneapolis is doing for all of the tough cases right now, all the cases where they might have to violate progressive dogma or or use a law that, that was put forward by the Second Amendment movement uh, to, to punish criminals rather than the law abiding. It's the feds. Mr. McCaskill got 15 years in federal prison, not state prison, on the gun charge. What? What? You think Mary Moriarty's going to charge people for using a gun in a crime, unless they're a law-abiding citizen defending their property or in self-defense or 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 trying to face down a mob? Oh, there, there's no mercy whatsoever. Now let's let's be perfectly clear on that here, folks. No, it's the feds. And look for Hennepin County and Ramsey County to to a slightly lesser extent to lean on the feds to do all the heavy lifting of, you know, getting criminals off the streets. You know, the stuff we pay all the taxes for. (sighs) All right. We got some good news and some bad news about China, and the good news just ain't that good. When we come back, this is the Northern Alliance Radio Network AM 1280. The Patriot. Go nowhere. The fun is literally half over, which means it's still just technically just beginning. So stick around. Go nowhere. Be right back.